Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey. How are you, Tam? I'm great. I kept it a little simple today with my hay because I'm still recuperating from being down in Texas for the race. And how fantastic was that? Oh, God, I'm going to probably talk for a good five minutes about everything that happened. So before <laughs> I even start with my weekend down in Texas, how was your weekend? Actually, my weekend was uh, pretty awesome. I kept myself busy just being around town and uh, staying here in Southern California, just taking care of things and just kind of hanging out, doing a little bit of this, doing a little bit of that. Didn't really have any gigs this weekend as far as uh, any comedy shows that I had to do. So I actually kind of took the whole weekend to myself. Watched some uh, college football on Saturday. And, uh, of course, the Sunday was filled with a lot of NFL and uh, NASCAR. Okay. Well, one word you said that kind of hit home was when you said awesome. My weekend was also awesome because I got an opportunity to hang out with awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Yes, I was hanging out with Bill Elliott while I was in. How about that? Yes. So let me tell you guys, had an opportunity to go down to Texas for the race with Kelly Blue Book. It was a two-part trip, and I won't talk about one part because I'm not allowed to yet. But the mm -hmm. second part was Kelly Blue Book was actually the sponsor of the number 24, Chase Elliott, this weekend. So as the primary sponsor, you know, they brought down a few people, the media and some other people, and we got a chance to hang out. Now, originally, we were supposed to actually go to dinner with Chase Elliott, but he was a bit under the weather. So he didn't make it to dinner. But instead of him coming to dinner, guess who came to dinner? Wow. Sounds like a movie I once saw. I'm going to let you uh, give us the news. Who was it? Who was the one that came to dinner? So we actually had dinner with Kyle Petty and Alex Bowman, which was really interesting. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I actually posted a photo on our Twitter account of myself along with Kyle Petty and Alex Bowman. And it was a treat. I actually, to be honest, I didn't expect Alex to come because Kyle was actually the replacement for Chase. But Alex being there was just twofold. I mean, it, it was awesome. And again, we had the entire number 24 pit crew came out with the exception of a few of the guys. But Chase's pit crew chief was there and we took some hilarious photos in the photo booth and just chatted it up. I mean, it was an amazing time. So the next day we were supposed to meet Chase. I actually had the fortune to meet Chase earlier on the Friday because I was there when they did a Facebook Live event with him. And if you guys haven't seen it, make sure to go to Chase Elliott's Facebook page. There's an awesome Facebook Live that he did with Kelly 
Blue Book. Oh, but wow. nonetheless, cool. so I had a chance to meet him on the Friday, but on Saturday, obviously was hoping to have dinner with him and that didn't happen. And then on Sunday, race day, he was supposed to come and chat it up with us and do a kind of small interview, which I've actually interviewed him before, but it was on the phone. So this was like the first face-to-face interview, but that didn't happen either because he was still sick. So in place of him, his dad came. And I have a really crazy photo of me and Bill Elliott. It's kind of weird because he was signing my hot pass, but then somebody called him at the same time people were taking photos. So all my photos with Mr. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville He's looking one way, I'm looking the other. It was just a lot going on. But nonetheless, it was a wonderful time. It does sound like you had a wonderful time. Yes. And one other thing, and I mean, I can go on and on and on because so many wonderful things happen. One other thing happened was I actually got a chance to sit up top of Chase's pit with his crew chief during the race. Now that is awesome. Yes. And that's not my first time doing it because I actually earlier this year, I actually was that last year, I got a chance to hang out with Cole Witt and sit on top of his pit with his crew chief during the race. But to be able to sit and chase Elias and not taking anything from Cole Witt because, you know, he's a great guy. But the number 24, this is pretty awesome. And if you guys don't know, most of Chase crew, his pit crew were the pit crew for Jeff Gordon. So these are extra professionals, as we would say. (laughs) So, yeah, so that was the weekend. I mean, everything you saw on TV happened. It was raining. It was cold. And one last thing I will say is I got to the track at 8.15 a.m. and I left the track at 11 p.m. Well, obviously, there was a lot of factors that factored into that of why I'm sure you left so late. And we'll discuss that as the podcast goes on. But it does sound like you hung out with a lot of good people. And let's go ahead and just segue into what we are here to talk about. And that is uh, Texas Motor Speedway. Congratulations, Carl Edwards. The number 19 car pulls a rabbit out of the hat. And I'll be honest with you, Tim, I tweeted this right before the race started several times, actually, (laughs) that rain delay. I tweeted it. And it's so funny that I tweeted this because it wasn't like I had a premonition about it or anything, but I just said the chase has been so unpredictable at some points uh, this year that I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if Carl Edwards actually won this race today? And I was like, just kidding. But I was thinking to myself, well, it, it is a possibility look what happened. Carl Edwards ends up winning this race. Honestly, I don't think anybody saw that happening. The interesting thing is something I forgot to mention earlier on, I think it was maybe that was Sunday. Okay, it's all a blur. But I got a chance to hang out with Joey Logano and asked him a few questions. And one of the questions that came up by someone else that he answered was that he thought that he had a winner and that his car was exceptionally fast. And that actually a part of that interview is posted on our Twitter account. But that being said, I thought Joy Logano had it in the bag. Yeah, you uh, know? I'm going to agree with you because he definitely had a, a heck of a car and definitely was dominating that race. So, yeah, I can totally see your point. I mean, he had a very good chance of winning that race. But under the circumstances, I mean... <laughs> It just goes back to what I was just saying a few minutes ago. This whole chase this year has been so unpredictable with many factors being involved. 
And obviously, there were factors involved that gave Carl Edwards the win on Sunday. Well, speaking of Carl and Joy, how about that Martin Truex Jr. who actually came in third? I mean, there was a point where I thought that Truex was going to win. I mean, honestly, I felt that if the race would have went the distance that either Truex or Chase Elliott could have totally came in first place. Right. Totally. Well, just really quick, before we go any further, we'd like to give you a recap of the top 10. So Carl Edwards won, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. Logano second. Martin Truex Jr. third. Chase Elliott fourth. Kyle Busch fifth. Kevin Harvick, six, Kenseth, seventh, Casey Kane, there's that name again, and eighth, and Denny Hamlin in ninth with Ryan Newman rounding out our top 10. In regards to our chase drivers, because at this point moving forward, everything is all about the chase. Carl was the first chase driver in first place, Logano second, Kyle Busch fifth, Kevin Harvick, sixth, Kenseth, seventh, Denny Hamlin, ninth, Jimmy Johnson, 11th, and Kurt Busch, 20th. So that means that pretty much six of our eight chase drivers scored top 10 finishes mm -hmm. with Jimmy just outside the top 10 at 11th and poor Kurt Busch came in 20th. I mean, I think it's probably safe to say he may be done. Yeah, I think I would second that motion, Tam. That uh, I don't know what happened. That's not even anywhere where I thought he would be even at this point of the chase. I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't care who you are, if you had a bracket to make out, at least at this point, I think uh, he wouldn't even been at that point. You know, he would have been at least in my top four. I, I know that for sure. Well, before we even dissect who we think is going to go on to Homestead, let's talk about the rain delay and let's talk about Texas Motor Speedway. You know, I've been around a NASCAR circuit few years I know a few folks and as I was hanging out in the garage area I started to see a lot of people I know and one person in particular he was like yeah you know this track the rain delays I'm just ready to go home blah 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 he's like this track is old it takes too long to dry blah 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 I mean because I was back in the hauler area I was getting a lot of information definitely before the viewers at home so I knew that the race wasn't going to start until after 6.30, roughly around 3.30, it was told to me, actually around 3 o'clock. And I told someone else that was at the track with me, and they were like, uh, no, nah, I think we're going to get started before that. I said, no, because I've been told by, you know, some pretty official people that the race is not going to start until after 6.30. Not only did we not start to after 6.30, we started under caution with the cars driving around pretty much laying rubber on the track while the jet dryers were out. Yeah. Which was crazy to me. Well, when you talk about weather and you're talking about the Texas Motor Speedway, I think it's crazy. I mean, now, you know, I'm from Texas myself and I lived in Southern Texas for a long time. I've only been out here in Southern California for the last 10 years, but I can tell you this is that the weather is so unpredictable in Texas. It's amazing that Mother Nature gave us just enough break to even start the race because she could have been really mean that on Sunday and could have postponed the whole thing to Monday, which I'm glad that they didn't. And I hate rain delays, me personally, but I know it's a part of life and you can't, there's nothing you can do about it, but it just drags everything just on and on and on. Now, I can imagine me being at home watching this and then having to flip to something else, come back, see what the weather's like. What's the weather like now? Can they race? I can only imagine, Tam, you being at the track 
and having to wait that long. Literally, how was it waiting for the race to start? And you're there. Okay, so like I said before, I got to the track at 8.15 a.m. Not 8 o'clock, 8.15 a.m. So the day pretty much went from 8.15 a.m. We went to the credential office because some people in our party didn't have their hot passes. So we stopped over there, headed over to the suites. We had a little bit of breakfast then. Bill Elliott came and, you know, hung out with us at the suite. And I'm trying to think. It's all a blur because it was an extremely, extremely long day. This is actually my second race ever where there's been a rain delay. But this by far was the longest because not only was it raining, it was cold. So now you take in consideration that... The race is supposed to start at 1. You get there at 8.15. That's already a long time to wait. And then it doesn't start. And then there's a three or four hour rain delay on top of all that. Okay. So it just became a all day thing to pass the time away. Well, actually, let me back up to what was interesting is because NASCAR officials knew that it was going to rain, but they started the whole ceremony anyway. So we did (laughs) the driver's intro. We did everything and literally, which was actually pretty awesome. Oh my God. Let me say this right after we did the national anthem, the airplanes, I don't know what they were specifically, but you know, the jet flyers, whatever they came across the sky those planes make a lot of noise so it was like and then on cue mother nature opened up and it started raining while everybody was standing out on pit roll well talk about great timing then huh (laughs) yeah so because texas motor speedway is so old it took three hours to dry the track so in the meantime i went back over to the suites for a little bit and i just got antsy after lunch i was like yeah i'm going to go hang out in the hauler area it's amazing what these guys do during race delays there's actually some video that i posted of some of the pit guys once we knew we were going racing and they came out and started to get the pits together these guys are on the track actually playing football So if you ever wanted to know what happens on the rain delay at NASCAR, yes, people are eating pizza, drinking soda, and playing football. After all, it is Sunday. And oh, go (laughs) to our Twitter. I saw that on your tweet, by the way. Yeah, go to our Twitter account. There's an awesome photo of the number 18's pit crew sitting down on pit road watching football. Almost every TV that I walked past was watching NFL football, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that answered your question. So, Tim, overall that you were there at the track, how did you like the race? Would you say you actually had a good time, though, as far as actually when the race was happening? I'm a NASCAR fan, so I, I love racing. But I will tell you, sometimes when I'm at the races, I wish I was at home watching the race because you miss so much when you're at the track. You miss a lot. I mean, like I missed the whole Kevin Harvick and Austin Dillon drama. I knew it was happening because I was standing in somebody's pit. And just so everyone knows, each pit at the top of the pit where the crew chief is, they're running all these graphics and photos and it's some high tech type of calculus 20 going on like inside the pit at the top but at the bottom they're usually running the national broadcasts of the race and maybe some other kind of 
TV video or something. So because I was able to see that, I knew that there was some kind of drama with Kevin Harvick or that Austin Dillon. Like I saw the replay, but because I was at the track and not at home, I wasn't able to quite understand what was going on and what was said. And I had to wait until I came home to read exactly what was said, which I was like, oh yeah, we're going to have some drama next week. Well, Tim, you are correct. There was some drama on the track on Sunday, and it occurred between Kevin Harvick and Austin Dillon. And I'm sure, obviously, you know about it now afterwards. But uh, it seemed to me, Tam, because, you know, I mean, you were there, and obviously, you're right. You do miss a lot of things, uh, but things that we get to see on TV because there's so many cameras, uh, and it's not like you have so many eyes. But I think the whole Kevin Harvick, Austin Dillon thing, now, I'm just going to say this because this is how I personally feel about it. Harvick is in the chase and Austin Dillon obviously is not it to me it just seemed like whatever the case might have been and I'm not trying to put the blame on anybody in particular all I'm just trying to make a point here is that I think Kevin Harvick deserves a little bit more of a respect of letting him do what he needs to do to try to put himself in a better position to move on to the next round whether it win the race or collect as many points as he can by finishing at the top And I think Kevin Harvick has earned that respect from any of the drivers that are not in the chase anymore. My case in point, Austin Dillon. And I I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just my personal opinion. Well, this beef goes back to when Kevin Harvick was racing for Richard Childress Racing, where said that he thought that they were a bunch of spoiled brats, and that's why he was leaving Richard Childress Racing. Mm -hmm. Personally... I feel as if Kevin Harvick was wrong, but I don't feel that this is a thing where Austin Dillon needs to respect him. Because in fact, a couple of years ago, when Ty Dillon got into it with Kevin Harvick, one of the things he said is that he used to respect him and he used to look up to him. At the end of the day, it was Kevin's fault. Some people see the replay a little bit different, but from what I saw in the replay, Kevin wrecked him. Now, the problem is, is that it's drama, and you should not create drama if you can't finish it, meaning that Austin Dillon can finish him. He can yeah. finish his championship run because he could easily retaliate. Austin has nothing to lose. He's no longer in the chase, but Kevin Harvick is. So we'll see how that plays out. (laughs) You know what? That is a very good point because he really could just go in there and just create even more drama and uh, he could totally pull that off and uh, he could say, hey, look, you know what? It was an accident. I mean, you really got a good valid point there and I think that's the kind of crazy thing that, I don't know, maybe that's what NASCAR needs right now is a little bit of maybe of this, maybe of this, this side drama, if you will. Seems like Kevin Harvick just hasn't had a good experience with anybody with the last name of Dylan to me. Um, well, but- <laughs> you know what? Austin Dillon made Matt Kinsen him like Matt did last year. He retaliated. Mm-hmm. Austin has nothing to lose. You know, I think Austin quote was Kevin was just mad that the Silver Spoon kid was racing him hard. Who knows? We'll see what happens next week in Phoenix. Well, yeah. you know. I want to stay on this topic of drama. I don't know. I think we love drama here on All Turns No Breaks. But (laughs) did you see the tweets from All Turns No Breaks Twitter account, which is Turns No Breaks from my man, ladies love smoke, Tony Stewart. Tony was on fire on the radio. He could not be controlled. The things that was just coming out of his mouth was like, whoa. Now, granted, his mouth was on fire. (laughs) 
Oh, God. I mean, I was there to support Chase Elliott and I listened to Chase Scanner and then something just told me, hey, see what Tony is talking about. I mean, he was a quote machine. I mean, one of the things I tweeted that Tony actually said, quote, I don't give a flying, you know what, where I finish. What are we two laps down? (laughs) I mean, now, in all fairness, because I'm just giving you the quotes, he pretty much was just over it. And a lot of chatter on his radio between him and his spotter was pretty much basically, hey, maybe you guys can learn some stuff for next year. Like Tony is mentally checked out. That's yeah. what I gathered. He is mentally checked out. Okay. You know what I think is funny, Tam, is that you're explaining all of this and like and I'm listening to you say what you're saying right now. And it kind of reminds me of a little conversation we had on the last episode about how we thought maybe if is Smoke done, is he really done racing as compared to Dale Jr., is he really done racing? Is Jeff Gordon really done racing? And I think now that I'm listening to you talk about how Smoke's mental state might be because of what he's saying on his radio, I think I have to agree with you. I think maybe he might be done with NASCAR racing racing but it sounds like he because i know he still has this dirt racing thing that he loves to do i think you're right i think he'd be okay and completely content with racing dirt but i think you are also right as far as like him just being mentally done with nascar i think he's just done with all the bs you know what i mean yeah well some other things he also said one of them which was hilarious he said i feel like a dish rag up there meaning on the top running Mm -hmm. up top and he said at least on the bottom i can work something out i mean the fact that you're in a racing you have the awareness to say you feel like you're a dish rag come on these are just awesome quotes he also said something to the effect of time to be a handful again he went all out and then my favorite quote which sums up the night tony said there's rain well his pit crew or spotter said there's rain on the radar and then tony's response was tell it to hurry the f up and get here He was just talking really loose, wasn't he? I mean, because he was just completely <laughs> over the race. That's why. Yeah, I think you're right. He, I think was, he was tired of waiting. I think he, the rain delays was just. I think that was killing him. And just being out there, I think it seems to me that it's the way it sounded coming out of his mouth. Like, let's just get this race over with. Come on, like you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm so done with this. Tony is gonna be Tony, but how about that, Dell Junior? Well. You're right. Not even drama (laughs) on the racetrack. There's drama outside the racetrack. (laughs) Yeah. And if you haven't heard by now, Dale was speeding on the way to Texas Motor Speedway. Right. That should should be any of surprise, but... Well, Amy snapped a photo of Dale. Apparently, he got pulled over. Did the police officer or highway patrol recognize him and say, oh, that's just Dale Jr.? What happened? We want to know. We want to know. Yeah. I would be really surprised if the officer didn't know who he was. I mean, it is Texas, and I would be shocked if the officer didn't know who he was. But if you look at the picture, though, if you kind of break it down, you're looking at the cop. You can see the cop up in the corner of the picture. Obviously, he's focused. Like, he's intense writing whatever he's writing, whether he's jotting down the numbers off the car or actually writing the ticket. But you can tell he's focused. And it's almost like 
you know, if you just look at that picture alone, he doesn't know who the hell Junior is. And I'm thinking, myself, Tam, I think this guy gave him a ticket. Like, I think he really gave Dale Jr. a ticket. I mean, well, <laughs> well, interesting. Guess who I saw on the track? Dale Jr. And he was incognito. And I felt really bad because nobody noticed that it was Dale Jr. He out on a hoodie and, you know, he was trying to keep a low profile. But it's like, dude, I got to get these photos of Dale Jr. So what I tried to do was I tried to like flick it up really quick and then put my camera down. And not that Dale really cared. I just felt bad that by taking photos of him, I felt that I would bring attention to him and other people would notice it was Dale because he clearly came, you know, and it had nothing to do with the rain. He had on his hoodie and he had on his hat and the hat was like right above his eyes. So he was pretty much hiding out. But the funny thing is, Dale Jr., you can't hide long because Roughly about 15 or 20 minutes after I'm done taking my photos and I'm psyched that I caught Dale on pit road kind of hiding out. Next thing I know, it was a whole bunch of people down there in front of the car. It was great to see this guy on the track. Again, I want him to get in the car, but... We will see what happens next year. Yeah, well, that makes two of us because we both want to see him back on the track. Um, Let's talk a little Joey Logano, huh? Ah, Joey. What do you want to say about Joey? You know, Joey actually is about to be penalized for some lug nuts. NASCAR, really lug nuts. You know how I feel about that. It's just like, really, lug nuts? We're going to penalize for lug nuts at this point. It's like, you know, Tam, I think the more and more the season goes on, even though it's at this point of the chase, it's so annoying and frustrating that we have to continue to deal with this. And I understand that rules are rules. I totally get it. And I'm not trying to disrespect anybody here or anything like that. It's just that we're talking about lug nuts for crying out loud. You know what I mean? But in any case, staying on Joey Logano, what a car he had. He had a heck of a car Sunday, did he? Did he not? Yeah, well, I mean, he had a fast car, but he didn't make it to victory lane. Like I said earlier, when we had an opportunity to interview him with Kelly Blue Book, we stopped by his hauler for a little bit and chatted with him. He said he had a fast car. He did, but unfortunately, the rain delay did him in. Martin Truex, I think, was quoted as saying he thought that if the rain race would have went on they would have done great because his car was great on the long haul and chase actually said the same thing as in chase elliott joy i don't recall whether his car was just freaky fast or it was great on the long haul i do know it was fast but just got caught out there i mean that's how was it rain delay earlier when chris busher won his race yeah. Things happen, you know, Carl Edwards got the win. And just really quick, I don't know if you want to add something else about Joy, but I do want to go into Homestead and talk about Joy and whether or not I think he's going to get to Homestead. But did yeah. you have anything to add, Renee? No, but we can definitely go into who's going to make it and who's not. <laughs> okay. Our eight chase drivers are Carl Logano, Kyle Bush, Kurt Bush, Kevin Harvick, Matt Kenseth, Jimmy Johnson, and Denny Hamlin. Right now, Jimmy is in first place and he's actually in the chase. And Carl Edwards, who's actually in seventh place, is in the chase because he won this weekend. Your guy, Joy, who we just finished talking about, Joy is actually in second place in terms of point standings. Right. But we already know only two drivers are going into the final four. What two drivers do you think are going to join Jimmy and Carl Edwards. Well, 
on top of those two, I will tell you this. My top two that I can tell you that I'm going to split out right off the bat. I do think Logano will go to the next round, but I got to go with my guy. He's proven it time and time again that he just, when his back is up against the wall, finds a way to do it. And Kevin Harvick is going to be that other guy. It'll be Logano and Kevin Harvick are the other two guys that are going to join Jimmy and Edwards in the final four. Interesting. So your final four consists of Jimmy Johnson, Joey Logano, because I know you got to have a Penske guy, because Renee's <laughs> all about the Penske guys. Right, and you know, and, if Kislowski would still be there, I would have picked Kislowski over Logano. <laughs> yeah, so you got Jimmy, Joey, Carl, and Harvick. It's tough. I thought a lot about this as we were preparing for the show, and I was just like, wow, it's a tough one because you don't want to bet against Harvick. But at the same time, I don't want to count out Kyle Busch either. He was a tough name for me not to say, but yeah. uh, I had to go with my man Harvick and Lagana. Well, I've been on this Matt Kenseth bandwagon for about 10 weeks now. So I'm going to throw Matt Kenseth in the mix. Mm. But in all honesty, I'm having a tough time choosing between Harvick, Joey, and Kyle. I definitely think Kurt is on his way out. I feel like Denny was there, but it may not be in the cards for him. But I mean, low key, Harvick's in a sixth position in terms of points. Yeah. I don't know. So who do I have so far? We got Jimmy and Carl. And then I said, Matt Kenseth for sure. You know, I'm just feeling like Kyle Busch is not going to go out like that. So although Joy is second in terms of points, I'm going to give it to Kyle Busch. I think Kyle is going to go out there and race like nobody's business. So those are my four. Jimmy. Cal, Matt, and Carl Edwards. Well, while we're talking about all these fantastic chase drivers, how about that most popular driver's vote? You know, Dale's not racing, but Dale's still in the top 10. So, so far, what we do know is that after eight weeks, we have our top 10 most popular drivers in terms of votes. And no one's given where the count is so far, but in alphabetical order, so far, the top 10 in votes have been Kyle Busch, Dale Jr., Carl Edwards, Chase Elliott, Jimmy Johnson, Casey Kane, Matt Kenseth, Danica Patrick, Tony Stewart, and Martin Truex Jr. Now, what's really interesting is there's no Harvick. There's no Hamlin. These are names you probably expect to hear, but they didn't get the top 10 votes. And I think in a few years, when Dale's pretty much done, Chase is probably going to become the most popular driver. Now, if you don't know, Awesome Bill from Dawsonville holds the record with 16 most popular driver awards. So I feel like similar to how fans transitioned from Dell Sr. over to Dell Jr., I feel as if that's going to happen. In fact, I know that's going to happen. I'm going to tell you why. On my flight from Dallas back to Los Angeles, there was a guy on the flight who had a Jeff Gordon DuPont jacket on, but a Chase Elliott number 24 hat. So I feel as if similar to how fans of Jeff Gordon transitioned over to Chase Elliott seamlessly, like it was just a no brainer. Like, oh, I was a Jeff Gordon fan. So I'm going to still roll with the 24 and go with Chase Elliott. I feel that may happen with Bill Elliott, his son coming in and getting a lot of his old fans. Yeah. 
And I think it will transition over into the most popular driver vote. Now, as we all know, Dale Jr. has been the most popular driver for 13 consecutive years. So I don't really see that letting up in the 14th year. But you never know. By him not racing, that could definitely be a game changer. But Jr. fans, they're not going to let it go down. You're no, going to go gonna, down. They're, they're not going out like that, buddy. They are definitely not going out like that. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, that actually leads me to our fan comment of the week. And our fan comment of the week is definitely related to the most popular driver vote. So Jeff Gluck, who is a respected NASCAR writer, he actually updated the most popular driver voting on his Twitter account by doing a screenshot of the top 10 drivers in terms of vote getting over the last eight weeks. Now, in true fashion, most people don't read. So they missed the part where it specifically said that these were the top 10 drivers according to fan voting through the first eight weeks and that they were listed in alphabetical order so people were flipping out like oh how is Kyle Busch getting more votes than Junior blah 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 but just a few comments so actually our fan comment of the week is actually going to be a couple of fan comments some of them that I would like to read because I thought they were interesting funny and intriguing all at the same time one commenter wrote and this commenter username is rbby rob he wrote they ought to just name this the Dale Junior award Another commenter wrote, Chase Elliott might give Dale Jr. a run for his money this year. Southern charm is undeniable. And I have to agree with that because Chase is just the sweetest little Southern little boy you'll ever meet. But his dad is really cool as well. This would be a true case of the apple that doesn't fall too far from the tree. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, that's, now, that's good. Now, here's one of those comments where I said people just don't read. Somebody at reply Jeff Gluck and said, are you saying Kyle Busch in the lead? Hard time believing that. Now, he clearly said that this was alphabetical order, so I'm just a little baffled as to how somebody missed that and thought that Kyle Busch was actually getting more votes than Dale Jr. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Last comment that I'll read is, this comment is from the NASCAR Jeff. He writes, since Dell Jr. hasn't run the full season, he shouldn't be on the ballot. Rules are rules and are for everyone. Wow. That's a little rough because he did race this year and it's not his fault that he is in the concussion protocol. So yeah, so there's your fan comment of the week. So let's get to Renee's favorite part of the show which is drum roll boom 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 that's more like a beat well that's a drum horns in there it's time for tam and renee's race predictions predictions renee who you got predictions here we go miss tam we are in Phoenix, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think my man is going to come out on top, none other than the number four car. Yes. Why is that even a surprise? I know it's a surprise to our listeners that I picked Kevin Harvick because I never picked Kevin Harvick. So Kevin Harvick is going to be your winner this weekend in Phoenix. 
And if I have a dark horse, don't be surprised if Joey Logano pulls one out of the hat. So my uh, winner is the number four, and my dark horse is going to be the number 22. There they are on All Turns No Breaks. You heard it first right here. Okay, well, those are some good picks, and I'll tell you why, and you'll figure out why while I'm giving you the history lesson for this week. So I like to read off our past five winners for every race. In Phoenix, we actually have two races. We have one in March and we have one in November. So these are our past five winners for our November race in Phoenix. 2015, Dale Jr., the most popular driver. (laughs) 2014, Kevin Harvick. 2013, Kevin Harvick. 2012, Kevin Harvick. And 2011, Casey Kane. Oh my God, there goes that name. Casey Kane. Now, what's really interesting is your guy... Mr. Happy Harvick. I, you know what? We need to change his nickname because there's nothing happy about him. Should we At call all. him Bully? Because he's always <laughs> trying to bully somebody. <laughs> I don't know. But listeners, we want to give Kevin Harvick a new nickname. So let's think about it really hard and tweet us. Leave us a comment. I'm actually going to post a photo on Instagram and ask your comments on what we really should be calling him because he's definitely not happy. But with that being said, if you can believe this, your boy, Renee's main man, Kevin Harvick, is an eight-time winner in Phoenix. In fact, he's won five of the last six races in Phoenix. And not only is he an eight-time winner in Phoenix in the Cup Series, he also won an Xfinity race in 2006. So he's a dominator at Phoenix, similar to last week when Jimmy Johnson was Mr. Nine Time. I was that week before last. It was week, the week before, before last. last in okay. Martinsville. Yeah. But Martinsville. you know, I think the difference though is Tam is that Jimmy Johnson had pretty much already punched his ticket to the next round. And in this particular instance, Harvick is needing to punch his ticket to the next round. Nothing is safe. So he's got to come with it. Well, we'll see. And one last thing I'll add before I give you guys my predictions. Your boy, Kyle Busch, he's a nine-time winner in the Xfinity League at Phoenix. Wow. He only has one cup win, which came in 2005. It's interesting because Kyle definitely dominates that Xfinity League. That's why we have the new Kyle Busch rule. But sometimes on certain tracks, he has nothing for us in cup. Pretty interesting. So my predictions, this is a tough one because... Considering that this is it, this is the last race before the championship, mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to show up and show out. <laughs> I'm really baffled. I want to go with Kevin Harvick, but I don't want to go with Kevin Harvick. So I think I'm going to leave Kevin Harvick as my dark horse. So for my winner, let's see, who did I pick to be in the chase? Jimmy, Matt, and who else? I forgot that fast. Who did I pick? Uh, you had Jimmy Johnson, obviously you had Carl Edwards because they're both in it, but you picked Matt Kenseth because you've been on a Matt Kenseth role lately and you didn't think Kyle Busch was going to go out like that. So you also picked Kyle Busch. So Kyle Busch and Matt Kenseth were your two guys that you picked to go with Jimmy and uh, Carl Edwards to the final round. Okay, so with that being said, it looks like I'm going to go with Kyle Busch who hasn't won a cup race in Phoenix since 2005. So I'm going to predict that he's going to break his 11-year drought at Phoenix in Cup Series and come home with a win. And Kevin Harvick is my dark horse. 
Oh, fantastic. And there you go, folks. That is our predictions here on All Turns No Breaks. Let us know what your predictions are. We love to hear what your predictions are. Uh, so please hit us up on our social media. Let us know who you think is going to win this weekend. You can also hit us up on our own personal social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, all on the same handle. It's at It's Rene Garcia. It's at I-T-S-R-E-N-E-G-A-R-C-I-A. And Tam, where can they find you? At I am sincerely Tam. Perfect. As always, we always appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. And please, thank you again for your support. I hope your driver wins this weekend as well as I hope that mine wins. And I'm sure Tam hopes that hers wins. But thanks once again. And as for Tam, for me, we appreciate you listening in. And we will see you again here next week for another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 